Hello, friends. I'm Colleen Orcanian, and you're listening to Food for Thought, Spiritually Speaking, where we explore ways to have a more profound encounter with God. If you like what you hear, please share this with others or send me a message on my website at ColleenOrcanian.com. Now for today's podcast called Feed a Cold, Starve a Fever. You may have heard that saying, Feed a Cold, Starve a Fever, or maybe you heard it the other way around. Either way, the idea is that there are some things you feed and other things you starve in order to stay physically healthy. When it comes to our spiritual health, we also have things we should starve and other things that we should feed. In a broad sense, we starve anything that comes from or leads us to the enemy and feed anything that comes from or draws us to God. There is a children's book called Sin Monster by Father Fox. The message of the book is, Don't feed the sin monster, because he will just get bigger and bigger and get out of control. A child feeds the sin monster by being mean, disobeying his parents, and pushing someone down. And he starves the sin monster by being kind, obeying without complaining, and being helpful to others. That book is very useful for teaching children about what to feed and starve. And it can also be helpful for adults to consider what we should feed and what we should starve. For example, what thoughts do we feed and what do we starve? Some thoughts are good and holy, others are not. When I have a critical thought about another person, I can feed it or starve it. Feeding it would lead me down a path of cataloging all the mistakes and hurts from the person, all their flaws. If you're a business manager and need to make a decision about whether to fire someone, cataloging their flaws is important in your decision-making. In personal relationships, it's not so important and can even be detrimental. I might get to the point where I cannot see anything positive because I'm so blinded by the negative. Here's an example. I once had a job that consisted of two different responsibilities. One was training or teaching classes and the other was sales. I was very good at one part of the job and not so good at the other, really kind of terrible. My boss met with me to tell me all the things I was doing wrong. I pointed out that she only talked to me when she wanted to criticize, and it would be nice to hear when I was doing something right. Her response was, frankly, Colleen, I really don't see anything you're doing right. Ouch. She was blind to my strengths because of my weaknesses. When I starve the critical thought, I'm not denying the fact of a person's flaw. That's still there as reality. Starving actually keeps me in reality. I can hold the good and the bad together. When my husband is driving me crazy, he doesn't really do that. But if he did, I could make a list of all the things he does wrong. I would feel so proud of myself for being wife of the year to put up with all of his mistakes he would be the luckiest guy in the world. This thinking would not benefit our marriage, quite the opposite. So I need to starve those kinds of thoughts. I might have a thought about a stranger I see in the store. I can see they need help. I can starve that thought and let someone else help, or I can feed that thought and engage them in conversation. I might have a thought about someone at church who talks a lot. They must be lonely. If I starve that thought, I might think someone else should listen to them, not me. If I feed the thought, my heart will reach out to them and welcome a conversation. 
Curiosity might be something we should starve. We hear a rumor about a friend and we want all the juicy details. Or we read online about a scandal with a famous person and we want to know more. It's like rubbernecking at the scene of an accident. We want to see the people who are injured. Paul warned about this in 1 Timothy and 1 and 2 Thessalonians. He said to mind your own affairs. Don't be busybodies or gossips. We must starve those kinds of curiosities, as hard as that can be. Sometimes we need to starve our emotions. Not always, but sometimes. Years ago, I was riding motorcycles with a group of people. Dave, one of the other riders, passed me in a curve. I was very angry. I remember consciously thinking, hold on to your anger. Do not calm down. Keep that anger until you stop so you can give him a piece of your mind. I was feeding my anger when I should have been starving it. It is much better to deal with a bad situation when you are not angry. I know I looked like a fool when I got off that bike and began yelling at Dave. We often feed our fears. We live in worry about the future. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. So we should starve our fears, praying that God will help us by removing whatever fears are stealing our peace and joy. Some people feed their regrets. They live in the past, sorrowful about their sins, even those that have been forgiven. They think, if only, if only I had done this or that. They imagine what could have been. God wants us to starve our regrets and to receive his mercy. Too often we feed our wounds. Bodybuilders get big muscles with strength training. The muscles tear and the body repairs the damage by fusing the fibers, which increases the mass and size of the muscles. So strength training deliberately damages the muscle and it gets repaired by growing bigger. In the same way, when we feed our wounds, they can get irritated and grow bigger. They're not being healed. Feeding the wound would mean we're dwelling on the pain without seeking healing. Then we live as victims. God is the divine healer and wants us to starve the time we waste in reliving past hurts and bring those hurts to him for healing. We should feed our desire to serve, but we should not be a glutton about it. What I mean is that sometimes people get so busy serving God that they don't have time to spend with God, in prayer with God. There will always be needs in the world that we can help with. We can discern which of those good things God has called us to and let go of the others. We should feed our desire for knowledge of God. We can never exhaust our understanding of who God is. It's beyond our intellectual capacity, but we can always know more, and we should feed that by reading the Bible. It's the story of salvation history, the story of the Word. St. Jerome, who translated the Bible from the original languages into Latin, once said, Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Ignorance is starvation. So feed your desire for knowledge of God. We always want to feed our prayer time. That is our lifeline. That's our source of all strength. It's so easy to give up our prayer time when we're busy, when prayer should be our first priority. So how do you feed your prayer time? 
you take time each day to talk with God. If you're a really busy person, like a stay-at-home mom with demanding little ones, you might have only 10 minutes after everyone falls asleep, or you pray while feeding the baby. That's okay. But if you can take more, do it. Prayer is essential. You always want to feed your prayer time. Sometimes, in order to feed our prayer time, we have to starve our diversions. Social media, television, politics, news, games. It's important to know what's going on in the world, so the news is good, but listening to the news for hours on end when nothing new is being said is a waste of time, time that I can spend in prayer. The same goes for social media or online games. These are things we can starve. A good question or questions to ask about the diversion I indulge in are these. Is there good in it? Is it drawing me closer to God? Is it helping me serve God? How I answer those questions will determine what needs to be starved. In our lives, we make choices. What do we feed? What do we starve? Ultimately, our goal is spiritual growth, union with God, service to God, and finally, eternal life with Him. So feed the colds in your life and starve the fevers. Let God bring you good spiritual health. And now some questions to take to prayer. Question one, what are the things in your life that you want to feed more in the future? And how might that impact your spiritual health? And question two, what are the things in your life that you want to starve? How might that impact your spiritual health? That's all our food for today. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, please share it with a friend. And may God bless you in just the way you need today.